You know, this week I've been praying, and as I've been praying, I've really sent, sensed an urgency within my spirit and a concern and an importance. Concern, urgency, and importance regarding you as individuals and us as a corporate house really grasping a hold of this power to live the days of heaven here on earth. Up to this point, we've been laying it down precept upon precept. And I think some, some of us are just taking notes, listening, but it's not yet becoming part of who you are. God is trying to give us a key here to seriously begin to change your environment. Amen? To grasp. Listen, this is what it means to grasp. To grasp means to seize. To hold firmly. So when something's coming at you for the first time, second time, the third time, heaven wants us to grasp a hold. Paul talks about, he wants us to grasp the measure of God's love. How high, how wide it is. He says, I wish, you know, I'm praying that the church will be able to grasp. And what he means by grasp is to, is to seize, to hold firmly, to full comprehension, to full capacity, to attain something personal and to understand something. Now, that's more than just listening. Hello? So God really wants us to grasp a hold of, seize, hold, something personal, comprehend with capacity that which is trying to unfold from the heavens. Now we can sit in church and we say, okay, it's the same preacher. Stop looking at me and listen to the voice. Stop looking at the man. Whenever you see a man, you can always reduce him. But you must never reduce the size of God inside him. You must, must learn to tap on the word that's coming out of his mouth. Because it's that word that God's using. God uses many vessels. You've got to learn to tap in and hear what part of God is coming out of my mouth. Amen? If your spirit's open, you'll be able to lock on. So we, God is trying to give us a key to make your Christian walk powerful. He's trying to show us how to live the days of heaven here on the earth, rather than waiting to die before you experience heaven. I don't want to die to experience heaven. I want to experience heaven now on earth. Amen? Do you believe you can do that? Last week we spoke about grace and apostleship. And now both are needed to keep the heavens open. And how the heavens, the heavens are always open. But grace and apostleship is, is given to build the people on the ground so they can stay under an open heaven. Heaven is always open. Heaven's never closed. Heaven won't close just because you can't follow it. God's doing more behind your back than he's ever doing in front of your face. So heaven is always open. It's always open, but you and I don't always sense or find the door. Amen? And God is trying to help us to find the door so we can bring heaven down on earth and live in its reality. It's a very powerful thing when you can live in that moment. Amen? The moment, see, when, when heaven is opened over a church, we, last week we used the word frequency. We said that if I put a tuning fork and that tuning fork was set to the key of G, every instrument would be tuned according to that tuning fork. 
So when heaven begins to speak to a church, into a region, to a heart, it's set at a certain frequency. See, if you're, you go to a church that's all lovey-dovey, and you go to a church that just wants to fight the king, wants to take the kingdom mandate, the frequencies are different. If you're on the battlefield, you say, there's nobody to love me. I, this can't be church, there's too much blood around. It's called a battlefield. A different frequency. But most of the church have got, you go to different churches, they've all got different frequencies. But there's a frequency from heaven that God wants us to, to our lives to be attuned to. Amen? So everything begins to function on the key of H, heaven. Or the key of G, God. Amen? Or it should be the key of T, Trinity. Get the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost involved. You've got heaven. So you can have teaching without the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can have worship without the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You can have all those things without the Trinity. So the moment we get Trinity involved, heaven's involved. Amen? So we must be willing to tune our hearts towards heaven. So the frequency works on two dynamics. It works on the foreknowledge of God, and it works on the will of God. What God knew, what God knows, and what God knew, God will bring it to pass in someone's generation. Because he has a will and a plan and a purpose. Amen? And he'll execute his plan and purpose based on what he knows. He knows, he knows how to turn Manchester around. He knows the key to your kids' lives. He knows the keys to your financial ruin. He knows the keys. He's got everything. That He knows everything. You need to know the one who knows everything. You just don't need to know everything. Amen? I said to Phil this morning, the key of knowing God is not to know what God knows. It's to know the one who knows everything. Because if you knew what God knows, you would put yourself on equal with God. And you would no longer trust him as a divine being. You don't know what God knows. That's why you need God. So God will tell you through his spirit, by his spirit, in the spirit, through truth, what you need to know, what not what you want to know. Because some of us are praying prayers, what we want to know, we're frustrated. And God says, the wrong question. You're asking me to know things you don't need to know. Amen? I spent years and years praying for the wrong things. And I've called myself devout. Devout numpty, that's what I was. So let's set the scene. Psalm 97 verse 9. Are you ready for the journey? Psalm 97 verse 9. On the backdrop of what you've just been singing there. Victor's crown. Let's launch. For you, O Lord are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil. Hate evil. For he guards the lives of his faithful ones. Are you a faithful one this morning? And he delivers them from the hands of the wicked. Light is shed upon the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous. Are you righteous this morning? Well, tell your face and rejoice. And praise in his holy name. So we see three dynamics out of Psalm 97 verse 9. The first thing we see is the Lord Most High is above over all the earth. And is exalted above all gods. 
We serve a God this morning who is high above everything and he's above all other gods. Now, there ain't other gods, but if there was, he's above them. Amen? Amen? Men create gods. Spirits create gods. But God is God. And he's only one God. So there is no other thing than there is. It's impossible for any other God to be created because he didn't create it. He was created out the, out the imagination of minds and out the influence of spirits. Yes? You get that? So there is no other God. The second thing we see is those who love God hate evil. He guards the lives of the faithful ones. So if you want to walk under an heaven, open, sorry, if you want to walk under an open heaven, learn to hate evil. Learn to hate what God hates. If you learn to hate what God hates, you'll find favor upon your life. You'll find the righteousness of God moving in your life if you hate what he hates. Love what he loves, hate what he hates. Ah, well, hate is not from God. The Bible just said, hate evil. Hate evil. Love God, hate evil. Now put that on your t-shirt. What a great slogan. Love God, hate evil. Brilliant. Let people, discern, let people determine what they think is evil and let them determine what they think is God. But you know in your own heart what is God and what is evil. Third thing we see is light is shed upon the righteous and joy is in the upright. Joy, light is shed upon the righteous. If you're a righteous Christian, you should never struggle for light. You should always have light on your path. You should always have joy in your heart. Now, joy in your heart isn't smiling like that. That's called face. Yes? Joy is not something, it's a peace. That's something I can describe. I know joy and peace are two different things, but I haven't got another way of describing joy to you this morning. But it's something, assurance on the inside. I've got a joy that I can't be shaken, I can't be moved, I'm fixed. It brings, it brings a strength to my life. That's a joy to me. Amen? These things come from having God as the most high in your life. Yes? Heaven's light, listen, when heaven begins to shine light, light is a transmission. Light is a transmission. So last week we talked about how God sends a frequency from heaven. So when God sends a frequency from heaven to align everything within that sphere of its light, if I get some torches can only shine from here to David, can't they? Depending on its power. Other lights, you can go further. I can go to where destiny is. Other lights, if with the kids, they put it in the, in the sky to see how far the light will go. Yeah? If it's the Batman movie, it goes wide and you see it right in the sky. For those, that's called the gospel to Batman. If you've not seen it, right? In the war, they will put the lights on to see the enemy planes. So light as a scope. Yes? Light as a width. It has a depth. Yes? But how many of you know light in the spiritual sense also carries sounds? Because when God shines his light, you understand and you hear him. Hey. When God shines his light on you, it comes sounds. 
You understand him. You hear him. You hear him speak through him shedding his light. So it's a frequency. It's, this is spiritual. I'm not talking natural now. Spiritual. So when that light shone upon Paul on the Damascus Road, he heard God speak. So light carries a frequency. So this light here comes to your life through setting God as the most high. God doesn't only have to speak. God shines his light and out of the light comes his voice. So it carries a double dimension. Sound waves are embedded in his light waves. Okay? And all the physicists are going, no, it doesn't work like that. It does. In the spirit. I've got the microphone. It does. Amen? Where does this light shine? Where's this voice heard? In your inner man. It's possible for the light to be shone on David right now and Veronica have not got a clue what's going on inside David. God can shine his light personally on you and he's like, it's you. But everybody else is oblivious to what you, um, David or Chris is receiving. You hear one thing, but they hear something else. That's how God's light works. Some people think you're crazy, but we know it's God. When you set the Lord most high over all the earth, over your life, he's exalted above all of the gods. These are the dimensions that come to us. So we hear the word spoken to us and our inner man begins to see what our ears, or should it be, our spirit begins to see what our ears are hearing. So as it comes in that way, our spirit understands. Do you understand that? So as light shines, understanding comes with it. Your spirit man understands it. That's the spirit that God's given you inside. He's not reducing all of heaven to your physical flesh. He's speaking spirit to spirit. He's put the Holy Spirit in you, who's, who is the translation device of what's coming from heaven. You can receive it and you can understand it. That's, the, that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit. So he's able to help speak to us. Yes, that's my father. Yes, he's saying that about your life. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? This is the result of an all-consuming, powerful God. Ephesians chapter 1 said, This is the result of an all-consuming, powerful God. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, it says this, And his incomparably great power... For us who believe, do you believe this morning? Then there's an incomparable great power inside you. The power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he placed in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, where is Christ? We just read, God is above all the earth. Now, where's he placed Christ? In the same place. Where God is, his father. Amen? So we're functioning from that. Why does God, God could have put his home on the earth. But he put it in the heavens. He put it in the heavens because everything's going to come under the heavens. Okay? Far above, now you've got to catch this because it's where we're going this morning. He's far above all rule, all authority, power and dominion. And every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one 
to come. So there is now's battle and there is future. Well, not future battle, but there is now's truth and there is the future truth. Amen? And God placed how many things? All things. Where? Under his feet. And appointed who? Him. To be head over everything for the church. Not for my benefit, for our benefit. God's put it, God's far above for our benefit. God's put all things under the feet of Jesus, all rule, all power, all authority, all dominion, under Jesus' feet for your benefit. Whose benefit? Your benefit. He's put everything for the church. So all of a sudden, the church is carrying, it's packing something it never really understood. This is why we need to grasp what has been given for the church. Now, when we say the church, it means for your benefit. For my benefit, but for our benefit. Because you can't be the only one getting benefits. You want benefits? Come to England. That's not good. We can't just have anything for my benefit. I can't go to church just for my benefit. It starts off that way. Of course it does. And there must be individual benefits. There's got to be. But there must be. Individual benefits cannot come at the expense of corporate benefit. Because it's for the church. So we must understand that. God's done all this for us. Are you there? So this is what he says in that scripture. His incompatibly great power is given to those who believe. When I say the church, I don't just mean those who come to church. Let me restrip it down and redefine it. You were giddy at church, now let's drill down a little bit more. For those who believe. Not those who have an interest. Not those who have a seat. Not those who, who were brought by the friends. Those who believe. Now, we could drill down even more, because half of the stuff we believe isn't even God anyway. It's our opinions of what we think God is. But we'll leave it there. This power was given to Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside you. The same power. The same power. Not reduced. 100% God. He, the, the measure has stayed the same. The only thing that reduces the measure is your thinking. But the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He's, set, he's sat Jesus in the heavenlies and he's given that power and authority for you. The same power. Because it, took, it needed 100% power of God to overcome what he's overcome. And it still requires the same power. Don't reduce Christ. Amen? Another point. We're out the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, making the throne room the most powerful place in the galaxy universe, known or unknown. Wow. Wow. The most powerful place, the throne room, is the most powerful place in the entire world. Universe, galaxy, known and unknown, cosmos, whatever word you need to define, they're everything. The throne room is above that. 
And every day the throne room are making tactical decisions of how the church is to advance on the earth. The spirit speaks, the throne room makes a decision. He speaks to the prophets, the prophets speak on the earth. And if the church is smart enough, she can grasp what the prophet is saying. There's no way the church knows what headquarters are doing without the prophetic voice. You can hear what God's saying to your life personally through the Holy Spirit. But to know what God's doing in the nation and in your community, in your environment, you need head office to send you a memo. You need, you need head office. We need to be linked to a prophetic source that knows what God is doing in the heavens in his throne room. The, it's fair to say that the control room is ruling and governing nations, cities, people. The throne room is doing that. We must be connected to the throne room. So much worship does not have the throne room involved. Worship must involve the throne room. It must involve the Godhead. Heaven must be moving. Angelic must be drawn to what's happening on the earth. Everything, everyone in the heavens is looking to the earth. All the eyes of the cosmos is on the earth. Because that's the place to be. That's where it's happening. That's where we see God moving on the earth. Amen? God's eyes are fixed towards you. Where are you? You're on the earth and you're in the spirit. You're in two places at once. Why? Because we're spirit beings as well as physical beings. That's an authentic class. You'll never understand that dynamic unless you come to discipleship. It's fair to say that when heaven transmits light, sound, power and praise, nothing is able to withstand that frequency. Praise is the best frequency there ever can be. No spiritual demonic powers can jam when it's, when it's functioning and, it's free, and the frequencies out there, all demonic run like hell. <laughs> they run like hell. Why? Because they know it has the power to change. The power to, to shift them out the region. Okay, let's have a peek in the throne room. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Let's have a look what goes on in the throne room. Revelation chapter 4. Here's a revelation for you. Revelation chapter 4 comes after chapter 3. There's a unique revelation for you. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. So there's a way in. I said there's a way in. Thank God there's a way in. And the voice I heard speaking to me was like a trumpet. Last week we said how the trumpet needs to send out a frequency. Amen? The instruments need to be set to a frequency. Well, this trumpet was blowing the frequency of heaven. Come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. So now he's going into the headquarters. God is allowing him to go up. The prophetic is going in, into the throne room. He's going to hear the instructions of what is about to take place. And you're part of what's taking place. Amen? See, what we're about to read now is what's going to take place in the future. Now, at some point, someone's future, it has to take place. You've not got that, have you? When we read this, we always read like it's, always, it's not our time. It's going to, it's going to happen somewhere. But it's, going to ha it's got to happen in someone's generation. It could be ours. 
And at once, come up here, he said, and I'll show you what must take place. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Now he'll tell us who the someone is. Because someone's vague. It's not good enough to know someone. You need to know the one. Amen? And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper, Canelian, a rainbow, resembling an emerald, encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. Wow, I'm already lost already. And seated in them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles of pearls of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps blazing. You still want to go to heaven? There are seven spirits of God. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, before the throne, there was what looked like the sea of glass, clear crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. So we've got the one, we've got the, we've got the 24, and now we've got the living creatures. We've got the angelic, we've got them all there. Okay? The four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. Now here we're going to see the someone is being described now. He's got four facets to his nature. Yeah? That someone is Christ. And it says, he's got, the first living creature was like a lion. So we see he's the lion of Judah. He's the champion. He's the king of the jungle. Amen? The second was like an ox. He's strong. Amen? He can strong, he's powerful. You thought the lion was strong, but the ox is powerful. Amen? The third had a face like a man. That's, represent, that's the man Christ Jesus. That's, see, I can relate to a man. I can relate with a man. Because that's my own race. Amen? And I'm glad he doesn't tell us the colour. I'm glad he doesn't tell us his nationality. He just tells us his origin. He was there at the beginning. Because if it was the colour, we'd lose half the world. It's going to be a shock for some people when they get to heaven and find out he's either white or black or Chinese. Oh, my, I didn't know. Hey, I didn't know you were Chinese. God says, I'm God. Shut up. And guess what? Whatever I am, you are. Because you're made in my image and my likeness. Amen. Reveal our prejudice straight away. So, the second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle, the visionary. He can ascend above, far and beyond. No limitations for the eagle. Amen? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying. They didn't say singing. Holy. Holy, holy is the Lord. You get the feeling that the word holy, holy, holy is something that English doesn't transmit well. Because if you kept hearing your kids saying, holy, holy, you'd give them a wang and say, shut up, you do me heading. But God is allowing them to keep saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Because in that context, from those beings, holy means something you and I have not yet touched. They see 
someone that you and I have not seen in its full entirety. We are connected to him. We have not yet seen him in that dimension. Whenever you see him, that bright light, people just go, whoa. He's so holy that physically your eyes cannot take it. He consumes everything with his eyes. One look, you're gone. One, one look in God's heart and, he's, and you're captured forever. Amen? So this is what these boys are seeing. Who was, and now the, now the prophetic, prophetic declaration comes out of him. Who was, who is, and who is to come. He's the past. They're saying, we saw him at the beginning. We're seeing him right now. And we're seeing him at the end. That's our future. The one who's in our hearts hasn't just turned up. He's been there a lot longer than we. Amen? They're seeing, they're catching a hold of him in the throne room. Who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne. Wow. Can you imagine? They keep falling down. They say, well, you lot, shut up. Every time you speak, we fall down. Why? Because that name packs a punch. Amen? The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns. Was it? I missed that part. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O God. To receive glory and honor and power. Now, I started this message by reading you Psalm 97. For you, O Lord, are the most high above all the earth. You're exalted above all gods. You let those who love you hate evil. For he guards the lives of the faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is shed upon the righteous. And joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you are righteous in his name. These guys have seen that light and they're in that light. They dwell in that light. The same light that's coming from heaven for you is the same light they're in. Hello? It's the same light. It has the ability to shine throughout the galaxy and beyond the galaxy. So when the heavens begin operating, oh, let let me take you to Matthew chapter 8. Now here's the light in your lifetime now. Let's make it very practical because I want to knock the snot out of something this morning. Matthew chapter 8 is now, right, we've seen the throne room. Now let's make, bring it, listen, before you turn your pages and miss what I'm saying, we've just been in heaven. Now we're going to bring heaven to earth. Okay? The same light that's shining in heaven, the same light that shone on the earth, must have the same power on the earth as it has in heaven. Would you agree with that? The same power. Because Matthew, uh, Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. That which is in heaven must be on the earth. So God wants the same dimension, the same power, the same expression on the earth in your life. So Matthew chapter 8 verse 28. When he arrived on the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, what did he meet? He met another power. It's called evil. It was called two demon-possessed men. 
coming from the tomb to meet him. Now listen, two, de- two demon-possessed, I should say, two men who were demon-possessed. Let's separate the flesh from the spirit. It was two men who were possessed. Possessed by evil. How, we don't know, but the fact is, they were. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Here, Jesus demonstrates he's not having to go at the men. He's having to go at the spirits in the men. Why? Because our God is far above. So he's shown us this is where you must operate from all the time. But we live on this plane. But demonic spirits operate on this plane. So does the living God. True? So, listen what he says. Jesus, when he, got in the, when he arrived, in other words, he's been in a boat, he's crossed from one side to the other. He's now going into a new territory, a new region. As he gets off the boat, when he arrives at the other side, in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the temple meet him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Do you get the picture? There's obstacles here. No one, they were so violent that no one could pass that way. Way. What way? The way that Jesus was going. There's a way that Jesus wants to go. That's why he's the way. So Jesus gets on the other side and he said, there's a way. I came over there because this is the entrance I need to come into. Are you understanding this? So there's a way. Your job is to follow. Now when you get in the way, you know there's resistance. But there's still a way. Right. So okay, now you understand that. Let me continue. What do you want with us? So now demonic spirits speak through flesh. What do you want with us? Son of God. So they're even giving up. There's more than one of us. Son of God. Now notice they say, they didn't turn around and say, what do you want? Instantly, they knew who stepped on that land. What do you want with us? Son of God. Oh, boys, we're in trouble. He's turned up. The one that was in the throne room has now come on the earth and he's now going to shift us out of this territory. Amen? They weren't frightened about the other boys he brought with them. They were frightened because the Son of God had turned up in that region. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you. So you just imagine right now being Jesus, walking into a territory and two violent men come to you. What causes men to be violent? Well, very often, spirits. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Now, that's power. That's power. When a demon says, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. He's going to torment us. We've got to leave. Why? Because he's on. That's the kind of power heaven wants you to have when you walk into an environment All the spirits in that region all start texting each other, saying, boys, we're moving. Why? Because heaven's frequency is now in our environment, and we can't stand it when heaven's frequency is in our environment, because it's stronger. Why? Because we also were created beings. But they have his likeness and his image, and they have a power that is given to them. We don't have what they carry. But they bank on you not knowing what you carry. So, I'm not finished yet. Have you come here to torment us before our appointed time? At some distance from a large herd, sorry, have you come to torment us before our appointed time? 
Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. Poor pigs. Bacon sandwiches on the ready. The demons begged. Now, whatever translation you want to use, I like the word begged. Because it shows me that they are so frightened, he put fear into fear. The fear of God came into the fear of hell. Amen? The fear of God came into the fear of hell. And they begged Jesus, we have investments in this region. Hello, you need to catch this. We have investments in this region. We know you're going to pass through, but we want to occupy this region. We want to remain after you've gone. Wow. Let us stay here, because we don't mind the Dream Center having their moment, but let us stay here because there's others here who, we, who don't carry the power they carry. Spirits have made investment into our city. So Jesus, I like what he says. Can I find it? Give me a second. If you drive us out and send us into the herd of pigs, the demons beg Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. They were choosing their own mode of transport. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. The pigs died, not the demons. Demons don't die because they're in a pig. Hello? Pigs died. Bacon sandwiches were offered. The farmer loses his pigs, but the demons still go free. Why? Because Jesus knew, boys, I'll get you later. I'm after you later. Right now, I'm on my father's mission. So when the heavens begin operating on the earth, its influence, power, and its influence and power captures and captivates an entire region. So wherever you work, wherever you go to work each day, whatever family you're part of, heaven must begin to capture and captivate the whole region, your environment. Heaven has got to start dictating and influencing your environment. Heaven must. This is where you must grasp this reality. You cannot keep hearing this and not take, take it to the next level. You are where you are, living with who you live, working where you work, connected to who you are, because in Acts 17, God says it was him who chose the times and places of where each individual Christian shall live. So you are divinely, strategically placed where you need to be. So you are God's answer for that environment, that location. You now need to carry heaven's power in that environment. Hate evil, love God. Start there. Hate evil, love God. What do you do when you, when you see evil? You pray against it. Don't go to the person in your work and say, let me pray for you, you demonic, you know, oppressed person. You know, that's not going to get you much friends. But what you can do, where you spot evil working in your workplace, you can begin to pray. That's why you're there. And where there's an opportunity, you must begin to use it. 
This is how heaven begins to manifest here on the earth. It manifests in you. You're in the Gadarean territory. He doesn't want you in there. You think, well, I have, a, I have a nice office. I work with nice people. We are not talking about people. We are talking about spirits that influence people. Whether oppressed, possessed, don't worry about it. They're just in your territory and they need to get out. Amen? You don't work with pigs. You don't work with swine. You work with people. People need reaching for Christ. Amen? So two demon-possessed men were violent. How were they? Violent. Do we not see violence in our city? Have you not seen the Gadarene walking around our streets? I have. As, is there not territories where you're afraid to walk through? There's certain no-go areas. You know, every company has its politics. True? You try and walk in someone else's politics, you'll see demons manifest. But if you need to get, if you need jobs and better jobs, if you need upgrades, you're going to have to go into the Gadarene territory. Stop thinking because I'm a Christian, everything should be peaceful. That's your opinion of what you expect. That's not God. In this world, you will have trials and tribulations. You'll have troubles of many kinds. There it is. Small print made large. But have faith for I have overcome. Right? So you're in the territory that you need to be in. But you need to advance in the territory that you're in. Not just, it's not enough just to say I'm in the company. Let's, let's try and push as far as we can with God's help to be where we need, where we need to be. Amen? Don't be thinking I want to run the company. That's not what I'm on about. We're talking about being strategically positioned in our workplace. There's some people you'll never get to talk to if you're the number one. And then there are a lot of people you'll get to talk to if you're the number one. Well, let God determine whether you should be number one. As soon as the throne room functions, the frequency of his majesty is sent out and the demonic begin to manifest. But they see, though they didn't manifest, they responded. Our time's up. We've had a good time here, boys. It's been beautiful around here. We've got to move. Why? Because he's coming. But don't move us out the region. We'll go into the pigs. And when you've gone, we can come back. Jesus was merciful to him. Demonic resistance is natural and it's normal if you're a Christian. The trouble is, it's when it's in your partner. <laughs> the problem is when it's in your friends. Yeah? It's true. Carol's cast demons out of me every many times. <laughs> Joke. It's the other way around. These, de these demonic powers understood that heaven was on the earth. They recognized that power. They recognized that power. See, if you don't take control in your environment... They'll take control of you. They'll take control of your kids. They'll take control of your finances. They'll take control of many, many areas of your life 
You must manifest heaven on the earth. You must. You see, let me give you an, an idea how this works. Because things start, things always start as thoughts. Yes? They start as thoughts. Now, when God is trying to move you into a territory, right, somehow, demonic spirits sense your advancement. They sense your advancement. They don't know your destiny because God doesn't reveal it to them. Things are spoken to us by the Spirit. Hello? He doesn't, he doesn't announce them in the airways and, all, and everyone listens. He speaks directly to your spirit. So your destiny is your destiny. He doesn't know your destiny. The devil, I'm on out. The devil does not know what God has told you because it's planted in seed form. Amen? But he, he knows enough to know that everyone God calls, he uses. So if he uses them, I'll get in the way to stop them. So... In January of this, this year, I've said to you before, I was invited to speak at a men's, a men's weekend. And I began to, I was speaking on many things, I was speaking about fathering. And I managed to just get sidetracked, or so I thought, and I started speaking about the power of an open heaven, long before I've even sp started speaking about it here. And I thought, I don't know why I did it, but now I know why. Because what I didn't know, there were some Gadareans sat in that, we, in, in that congregation that weekend. Here we are, up in Carlisle, in the middle of nowhere. And I'm sat with a little, you know, two Gadareans, or a Gadarene in the, the meeting. So he begins to see this. Now, this is not a group of men who are spirit-filled. They're not spirit-filled. So the realm of the spirit is not their realm. But they're still born again, good people, love God. But they haven't yet tapped into the realm of the Spirit. So when you talk to them about the realm of the Spirit, it freaks them out a little. Just like it does to some of you. So, and I start speaking about the power of an open heaven. When I get back, I get a phone call. Yeah, I love, love the meeting. Love, 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 la, 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 la. However, okay, one of the guys had made a recording, took it to his pastor and wanted his pastor to go public and denounce me as a heretic. Right? So I'm thinking, okay. And now the, I'm not there to cause trouble. I'm there to cause a holy disturbance. There's a difference. Okay? And, and I'm upset. I'm unnerved because the very thing I'm trying to not do, I've done apparently. So I talk to Phil, I talk to... Paul and, and submit, say, hey, if I'm, out, if I'm out of line here, boys, you need to tell me. This is what I said. The pastor says, I loved every bit of what you said. It brought me to tears because he wasn't able to be there. Brought me to tears. But this guy, I'm thinking, well, if it brought you to tears, just tell him. Do one. Jog on, fella. Sort yourself out. So he begins to make advances. I want the meeting. We're going to label you as a heretic. I thought, you ain't going to do that, fella. You ain't going to do that. One is if you stand with me, I'll bring my boys with me. Because if I'm going to be under anyone's discipline, I'll do it with my elders. I trust these guys. You ain't going to hang me. So then I start talking to the pastor. And he starts describing this guy. And you know, once you're thinking, hello, can you not see 
This is a Gadarean. He's caused trouble everywhere he's been. But what the pastor was trying to do is, I'm, I'm on your side, but I can't let him see that. You're the pastor. Tell him to shut up. So what I didn't realize is, is when I go, we sorted it out. All got, got you know, eventually it got knocked out the head. He was seen as an, a numpty. But I submitted myself. I want you to know that. I submitted myself. If I'm wrong, I need to be submitted. Right? But I knew what, I'd, I knew what this guy was doing. It was a gathering in the midst. I go to GLS, our global leaders meeting. We go every year. What does Jonathan David start talking about? The power of an open heaven. Aha. I thought, I'm onto something. I realized what the gathering had smelt. The gathering had smelt something. Try to stop me entering into it. It gets, gets better than this. The gathering will always try and stop you entering into something before. When God wants you to do something, it's amazing how much resistance comes for you to walk in that territory. And the gathering's voices come and try and intimidate you. Or am I the only one? Some time ago, a name won't be mentioned, but a... A person who once attended our church began to attack us violently about what we stood for in relation to dominion. What's that dominion? Kingdom dominion is that God wants the king in every domain. Whether it's finance, politics, sport, entertainment, the kingdom is everywhere for everyone. And we believe that. So when we started getting attacked because we stood for a kingdom Dominion, God. And we, we tried to talk, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they attacked us, labeling us as nutters. But here's my thought. If there is no kingdom dominion, there is no healing. There is no resurrection. We have no power over anything. If there is no king dominion in every domain, there is no power to advance with. Let's set the banner down, arise, advance, accelerate, and execute. There is nothing to see, folks, if we have no king who has a dominion. Your gospel is weak. Your gospel is powerless. Your gospel is empty if you don't have that Christ. There is no gospel without the king and his power. All the other religions don't have the power we have. And this person wants to remove the very thing that sets us up and gives us the advantage. So once again, when someone challenges you, you think, well, hang on a minute, let me think about this, let me think about this. You get your thoughts together, you talk, you pray, da, da, da. God says, stop it. I've already talked to you about this. Go for it. So we make our stand. I goes to GLS, the same GLS I went to, not only did he speak about a power of an open heaven, but Tundi Bakari from Nigeria is speaking about the kingdom domain, the king's domain in every domain. So I'm thinking, ah, and straight once again I thought, the gathering's been on my case. Every time you try and step into a new arena, the gathering will stop you from entering. Some of you have been thinking about doing a lot of things, but the gathering keeps speaking to you. And you back down. And then you come to church, you think, 
Oh, that's what God's been speaking to me about you. Numpty course he has. You see, the Gadarenes are voices. The fears. They are giants that appear insurmountable obstacles. You can't move and you feel it's bigger than me. And I can never, little me, God can't use. And yet, it's still a giant that needs to be slayed. God can't save my son. God can't save my daughter. They're too far gone. That's the Gadarean. God can never give me a happy marriage. Every relationship I get into is bad. It falls apart. That's a Gadarean. God can never... Use me in any form. A messed up lifetime. It's a Gadarean. A Gadarean will always stop you entering into a new territory by your own thoughts, by your own opinions. You don't realize where the voices are coming from because they bring fear. Fear, fear, fear. They try to get you to compromise, draw back because you fear the repercussions. Hello, am I talking to someone? They want to gather pace in your life so that they cripple you. So that you don't move, you don't advance. There's only one thing you can do with a gathering. Do you know what it is? Speak to it. Speak to it. Recognize it and speak to it. You must learn to join your strength. Listen, you must learn to join your strength with the strength of heaven. For if you do not do this, then your fight will be a fight of flesh and blood only. You must learn to join your strength with the strength of heaven. For if you do this, then your fight will be a fight of flesh and blood. Are you ready to take the fight to the gathering? Right, let's just finish this thing now. One Samuel, let's go with me. Come on, we've got something to read here. Because the troops will be in in five minutes. One Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. Let's start there. Let me know when you're all there, wherever y'all are. 1 Samuel, chapter 17, 26. The situation is there's a giant in the land and there's a young boy. Let's call the Philistine a Gadarean. He is a Philistine, but he's a Gadarean. David arrives on the scene. He sees what's taking place in the valley and David is disturbed mightily. Now, David is a man who's learned to function under heaven. David's learned, he knows how to connect with heaven. Hello? Now David's going to bring heaven onto, onto the battle scene. I want you to see this. Write that down in your notes. This is heaven on the battle scene. This is heaven in the, in the battle. This is me joining my strength with heaven. In the battle. Because the cause is much bigger than me. It really frustrates me when I see people have no spiritual equipment to fight spiritual battles. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? So what is it? It's a disgrace. 
Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So there's something in David's spirit that says, this boy is defiling the God that I worship. He's already ticked David off. He's already brassed him off. So I'm going to get on the side of heaven, he says. We're going to do something about this. This is a young boy. So go to verse 32 of the same chapter. David said to Saul, now the king's involved. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, your servant, will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not unable to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. So there's also a Philistine inside their own camp. A Gadarene, I should say. Saul has become a Gadarene. So now David's realizing that there's a Philistine on the outside and there's a Gadarene on the inside. Can you see this? You're only a boy. Boys don't go to fight. But you don't know this boy, Saul. You don't know this boy. This boy carries what you don't carry. It's called heaven. This boy carries heaven. So let's just read a little bit. And he's been fighting man from his youth. Ha <laughs> ha. You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy and he's been fighting man from his youth. In other words, Goliath's been fighting men from his youth. Okay? But David said to Saul, your servant, well, let me give you my bio data now. Let me know. Let me show you what I've been doing. Well, you, I've been doing what you're doing. I'm going to show you what I've been doing. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned to me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. So when Saul, when you were playing leader, I was actually on the battlefield. I struck a bear, I killed it. When it tried to take the sheep, I defended the sheep. I was learning to fight animals more powerful than that one down there. Oh, this is only a young boy. But the gathering saying you can't go. But this young boy saying, no, 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 you don't know who's on my side. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine or Gadarene will be like one of them. In other words, he's prophesying Gadarene's future. I'm here, you're out. You ready for this? Because he's defiled the armies of the Lord, of the living God. See, he's fighting for heaven all the time. Never once did he make it personal. Our fight is for heaven. For the king. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Oh, such confidence. Some would say, he's just an arrogant young man. Well, Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. In other words, he's thinking, this boy's speaking like no one else. Whoa, freaking me out. Go to verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistines with shield bearer in front of him, the Philistine with a shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. Now you think David could be intimidated at this point. What kind of men came to Jesus? Violent men. 
Where did they come from? The tombs. I mean, that in itself tells you these guys are weird. These boys are demonic. They live in tombs. Whoa. You're walking home one night and you see two men come out of a tomb. I think you might run. Jesus didn't run. So meanwhile, the Philistines, with the shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw, can you imagine, he's looking at him. Who are you, you scuffer? You're just a Mancunian. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now, stop right there. We read Psalms at the beginning. Who's God? is above all other gods. That's why I read you the scripture to show you that's the place we function from. Our God is above all gods. David knew that. So David's thinking great stuff. Soon as you talk about your gods, I know I can win because you ain't got a God because my God created everything. And last time I look at the manifesto, you ain't on it. So he's knowing that David knows his God. He doesn't know everything what his God knows, but he knows the one who knows everything. And he's learned to fight the lion. He's learned to fight the bear. He's not the stuffing out of those animals. So bring on the Goliath. He's not a problem. Am I a dog that you come out with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you flesh to the birds of the air of the beast of the field. Almost like in a Scottish accent. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Now he's, and you can imagine heaven going, go for it, son. We're right behind you. I almost imagine those elders stopped worshiping for a minute. I went, let's have a look at this boy here. You can imagine all of them just holding back. Can we have a look as well? No, you look, keep worshipping. Keep focused, that's your job. Oh, please, no, stop. You come against me with the sword and the spirit of the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, when you have defiled the day of the Lord, this day the Lord will hand you over to me. There's going to be a divine exchange. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. <laughs> Today, I'm going to give your backside to the Philistine army, to the birds of the air and the beast of the earth, and the whole world will know, Goliath, the whole world, not just this environment, the whole world. You're going public, fella. You're going public. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. The whole world will know that when we lay hands on the sick in a minute, the whole world will know our God is the God of the dream center, of the world, of Manchester. He's our God. He's our God. We've got to make the world know who our God is. We have to advance the heavens on the ground. 
There's only one way this world will know how a God is above all other gods is by someone taking heaven on the battlefield. Heaven must be taken to the battlefield, not kept in church. There's a gathering out there taunting you now. Whether you're sick or whether you're, 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 uh, you know someone who's sick and you're involved, you've made an inv emotional investment, you're saying, well, it can't happen, it won't happen. We've got this in our family, we've got cancer in our family. The gathering will speak to you. Now listen, only the other Sunday, when I'm praying for those, uh, when we did the dedication, the gathering tried to speak to me when I was prophesying over Danielle. And when I was talking with Carol this week, as I was talking, I began to see God was showing me the gathering. He began to show me this whole issue of the gathering. As we were just having conversation. And I said to Carol, wow, it's amazing how he always tries to speak to get you out of his territory. Because fear says, if I prophesy over Danielle and something bad happens to her, then I, then I fear that my credibility, my reputation has gone and that's the gathering saying, go on, I dare you. Because it could all go belly up. So part of me says, do we hold back or do we go forth? But you know what? If no one announces that girl's future, then who's going to say it? If you don't announce and don't stand and take the fight of heaven on the battlefield, that girl will never get a breakthrough. So it's easy for a mum and dad to pray over her. But for me, public, you say, well, because some of you will say, well, you prayed for such and such a body and it didn't work. You're the Gadarean. But you see, the Gadarean's already spoke to me first because that's what you fear. Someone will use that as ammunition against you. That's an uncircumcised Philistine speaking in our midst. That's a Gadarean. Can you see what I'm saying? To be prophetic, you need to be bold. You, you must be bold. You must be connected with heaven. Because there's every force out there trying to shut you down from making declarations. We pray, people get sick. We pray, people die. But we keep on praying. But fear says, don't pray for him because every time you pray, they die. The Gadarean will always speak. You take him home with you. You invite him into your house. This is where Christianity, the love Christianity, and the, the real Christianity hits the road. Because over here is all the love that was over there. But what's all over here is not over there. Are you with it? The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here will know. This is my defilement to the armies of Gadarenes if they're out there. All Manchester will know. Heaven, through agents of change, through people arising, advancing, accelerating, executing the revival now Manchester, all our banners will get high visibility, maximum impact. Every banner is speaking about heaven being on our side. Everything in this house must be set to a frequency of taking heaven outside. Outside. 
that there is a God in Israel. All those who gather here will know that this is not by the sword or spear that the Lord says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Verse 48. We're getting to the blood scene now. I love this part. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle lines to meet him. So, the, so listen, some of you are all talk. Or some of us are all talk. Come in church. Every eye thing must come down. Every song shall be broken. Oh, please. Oops, me. Though I stumble and fall, his hand will guide me. We sing every eye thing. Hey, it's more than a song. Because tomorrow when you cripple with fear, try singing that to yourself again. Well, I can't because the band's not here. And the Philistines moved closer to attack him. David ran quickly to the battle lines to meet him. In other words, he didn't wait. He ran. A time for talk is over. Reaching into his bag, a man bag. David had a man bag in those days. Most uncool now, but there you go. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine right in the head. As the Scotsman would say, right in the top of the head. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. What a shot. What a shot. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and what? Killed him. What did David do? David ran and stood over him. That's what you've got to do to your Gadarean. What did he do then? He took hold of the Philistine's sword. In other words, take the same words that's been used against you, ram it down his flipping throat. Right? He struck down the first, David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head. Yes! Let's make a game for that, eh? With a sword, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. How many Gadareans do you have speaking to you right now? How many voices are in your head? How many fears are in your life? You're ready to go from talk to walk. I said, are you ready to go from talk to walk? If you're not, fine. Sit there, let the gathering of you. But he's not going to have my territory. He's not going to have our territory. Can you imagine if I'd have been paralyzed by fear, I wouldn't have been speaking about the power of an open heaven. Can you imagine if I'd have been paralyzed by fear, I wouldn't have been speaking about king, the kingdom in every domain. Because one voice can bring on an, an awful lot of onslaught if people don't like him. The one person who the people criticize the most is the pastor. It's true. You've heard in the movies, the science fiction movies, when the baddies 
are coming. Shields up. We've got, an we've got an invasion of the Klingons on the starboard bow. Shields up. And in Star Trek, they'll say, they're running at maximum capacity. capacity. And then they take a few hits. Busters. No, no. We're not reversing. Shields down to 30%. She can't hold it, Captain. She can't take it. You need to eject the, the dilithium warp core, right? What's that telling you? We're going down, but that's not our ship. It's time to draw sword, ray shields. It's time to draw swords, ray shields. I said it's time to draw swords, raise the shields. Lock on. The gathering has got to go. The Gadarean has got to go, once and for all. Heaven must come and be seen on the battlefield. Heaven can no longer always be there. It's got to be seen. This is how the whole world and all of Israel will know. It's on the battlefield. Is where the armies begin to see. One young boy. One young person, I'm looking at a David here, David, a male David, one young person. He only came to deliver cheese sandwiches, the Bible says. He came to deliver cheese sandwiches to his brothers. And his brothers rebuked him, said, you just want to watch, you just want to watch what's going on. You love the gaudy, they love the gaudy thing. And you can imagine David said, watch what's going on, I came to I've seen you lot fight before, you're a bunch of wussies. You let this boy talk to you all day. But you've not been where I've been. You've not been forged in the same furnace that I've been forged. When I get down there, heaven will back me up. You may be on a field right now where you feel like you're the only one. But all of heaven is behind you. Let's stand to our feet.